This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. K-State gets ready to travel down to Fort Worth undefeated in the conference taking on undefeated in the conference we'll talk about that and in the second half we'll talk about the whole league as a whole maybe give some predictions at the end get ready to go but Monty, k-state tcu it's gonna be a great game absolutely you know um coming off the bye week tcu had a exciting overtime win against oklahoma state last week um they're a good team we both knew it we figured it was going to be a good game but i'm excited it's going to be fun the first half of the friday walkthrough is sponsored by the club special the second half is sponsored by the cape cod these drinks are from our good friends at the part-time beverage company make sure you're getting in and checking out those drinks make sure you're hitting subscribe on youtube making sure that we at GoPowerCat continue to grow as a site. Make sure you go subscribe to the website as well at GoPowerCat.com. So let's talk about that game. Before we talk about K-State, TCU, let's kind of reflect a little bit on that TCU-Oklahoma State game. I mean, we both thought it was going to be a really good game. I think I had Oklahoma State winning by a touchdown, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. They were winning by two scores in the, in, the, in the final quarter, and then TCU comes roaring back and, and ends up winning in overtime. That was... Man, it was it was a high-scoring affair, but at the same time, it felt like a lot of teams, they both left some plays out there on the field. Absolutely. You know, um, Oklahoma State got out fast. They led for the most of the most of the game, and but TCU, they never quit. And, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of teams don't really understand how important, especially at home, how important it is. And in college football, a quarter can make a difference, you know, and you're down by 20 points, 14 points, and it seems like a lot, but a play here, a play there, a stop on defense, and all of a sudden you're right back in the game. And they, they got it to the point where they could force it to overtime and got the win. That's what happens when you play at home. I mean, when you get that momentum that continues to roll, mm-hmm. then TCU took advantage of it, and they ended up winning it in overtime, like you said. It was a great game, I think, if you're a K-State fan and you weren't watching that game, <laughs> maybe you need to go back and watch the replay of it because it was definitely, I think it was telling of what is going to try and do. And to me, as we, as we talk about this K-State-TCU game, the number one player that K-State needs to focus on <laughs> is Quentin Johnston. Yes. The 6'5 receiver who catches everything, is faster than everybody, mm-hmm. and scores about a million touchdowns. Yeah, he wears the jersey number one also, and I'm pretty sure that that's for a reason because the kid is a talented athlete, confident. He's tough to cover, you know. I feel like Brents can give him some problems with his length, but I don't want to leave him one-on-one the whole game with the guy because he can flat-out ball. I'm pretty sure Coach Klanderman and Coach Kyman will come with a, a, play, a game plan to put a safety over high, disguise a little bit, get hands-on early off the line of scrimmage because if you give him a free release, you're asking to get beat. Yeah, and I think one thing that is worth noting, uh, they, our own Ryan Wallace, Ryan Wallace mentioned this on the pregame podcast, but Quentin Johnson has played K- K-State twice now. Mm-hmm. He has three catches <laughs> against K-State. Now, again, knock on wood, but Joe Klinerman's done a decent enough job, pretty good job, actually, of, of containing him. 
that I feel like is not going to happen in this game simply because he is going to get his. With the offense that Sonny Dykes, first-year head coach at TCU, has instituted, the air raid type offense, they'll still run the ball, there's no doubt about it, but they go fast. Yeah. And what's fascinating about them is they average 45 points a game. That's number three in the country. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, they have the number they're ranked number nine in the Big 12 on most offensive plays run. Yeah, yeah. So as a defender, what does that, what do those two stats tell you? They live by the big play, for one. They depend on the big play. And you hit the nail on the head. Coach Dykes does a great job of creating offensive plays, and that's the difference this year with him being a first-year head coach coming up from SMU with TCU. TCU has notoriously been a defensive strength team with Coach Gary Patterson because defense was his baby. He was one of the best in the nation to do it, and that's what made TCU. It's kind of flipped this year. Don't get me wrong. TCU still has athletes on the defensive side of the ball, but they're not the same. The, the TCU defensive old. Not yet, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their offense is definitely dynamic. He does a good job. He, Coach Dykes, does a good job of getting guys in space, taking advantages of mismatches, and when it's there, he puts guys in a position to make plays. The quarterback, Duggan, um, he is a great athlete, and he scares me more with his legs than he does his arm. So, But if he has time to throw, he will pick you apart. What's interesting about Max Duggan is he has a fascinating story because he started for the better part of three seasons at TCU under Gary Patterson. Well, K-State beat him all three years. And we, mm-hmm. we go back and we'll talk about that game last year where Felix and Yudike Uzama just completely tore up the poor left tackle. That's a story for another day. Max <laughs> Duggan came into this year mm-hmm. – and lost the job as lost his job as starting quarterback to Chandler Morris, the Oklahoma transfer. Oklahoma transfer. Morris gets hurt game one. Duggan comes in, immediately lights it up. Now there's some people who have Max Duggan on their top ten Heisman list yep. at this point in time. Now if he keeps winning, I'm sure that that will become a little bit more realistic. Not that I don't buy that right now. Right. Maybe I'm not as sold on TCU as I am um, Max Duggan. I think Duggan's a good quarterback. But I'm not sure that Max Duggan is going to be the difference between TCU winning this game and TCU losing this game. He is a quality quarterback. There's no denying that. But Max Duggan is still Max Duggan. He can only do what he can do, right? How he's been successful this season is because, as you mentioned, he's been able to be a barrel running the football. Mm -hmm. He runs over people. And and then what does he do? When he's not running the ball, he sits back and throws it up to his 6'5 wide receivers. I think there's four of the six uh, guys on the two deep at the top three position at the top three receivers are all over six four, which is yeah. just incredible. You just don't see that at a lot of places. It it makes it easier to play quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from Max Duggan, but K State needs to find ways to isolate Duggan and make him make plays. If you're going to lose. Make sure that you don't let a guy like Quentin Johnston beat you. Absolutely. And I think what it was, going back to the Oklahoma State game this past weekend, Oklahoma State early did a great job of not allowing Duggan to get comfortable. And then once the uh, third or fourth quarter he got more comfortable, he made plays that allowed him to sit in the pocket, set up, and throw the deep ball over the top to the tall guys. And what K-State probably will do and will need to do is, like I said, make him uncomfortable and make him make throws. You know, it's easy to throw a fade route when you have nobody in your face because you got the six-plus foot guys going up to get it. We're going to have to make him throw a ball in the window, make him throw the slant, make him throw a uh, 10-yard out from the opposite side of the field. And I think our D-line is good enough uh, to put pressure on him without bringing a blitz package. And that allows us to double coverage the, the better receivers that they have. Um, but now linebackers can play well in space also. So I think K-State will be in a position to make Duggan 
make plays. Not saying he can't, but actually be a quarterback, you yeah. know. And they're not knocking the kid as a talent. But a lot of times when you run the ball and you throw fade routes, in my eyes, you're not a complete quarterback. And we're going to force him to beat us and show us, hey, he is the complete package. But I don't know if he's able to do that come Saturday. This is the best defense that Max Duggan has faced. Yep. I think by far. Joe Klinerman has always done a very good job of disguising the blitzes, of disguising his pictures. I think that happens on Saturday. Yeah. Um, when we talked to Joe Klinerman on Thursday, he talked about TC runs a lot of 10 personnel, right? Four mm-hmm. wide receivers. In college football, you really don't see that. In the NFL, sure, you yeah. see that a lot. But typically, colleges don't have four guys that are good enough to roll out there and be a, be a realistic target. Well, TCU does. Yeah. And so before we talk about the offense, I agree with you about the pass rush. I think Felix is going to have a great day. Right. These guys are healthy. The bye week was important. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you about the secondary once again. Because when you got a guy like Josh Hayes, who can come down and play cornerback, do you almost say, hey, Josh, when they go to 10 personnel, you're going to come down and play corner? Or do you think that he is too valuable as a safety where they bring in a Jacob Parrish, an Omar Daniels, one of these freshmen, and see what they can do? That's an interesting dilemma, but do you think they go with more experience at that position? Or what? if you were uh, in Klenderman's shoes, what do you think you would do? do? At this point of the season, stick with what got you you where you're at right now. I wouldn't take him out, make him go down and cover a slot or a better receiver. That's fine. But the, the, the point is, all our safeties, all our corners are battle-tested, and all of them have proven they can play in high competition game, and if they're isolated one-on-one, they don't panic. They make plays. Every secondary player that has started or played significant uh, amount of time for K-State this year has proven in pressure situations that they can make plays. So it's not really need to roll somebody in. To give a guy a break, absolutely, because when you run four receivers, they're running deep a lot, and you're going to have to give guys a break. But as far as with starting personnel, I wouldn't do a whole lot to it. And actually, I think K-State is in a position to put a D-back as far as the safety back there as a spy mm-hmm. on Duggan because they know he likes to run the ball. Uh, when when there's no throws there, we can put a D back there or even one of our linebackers. Both our linebackers run good enough, well enough, to stick with him and spy him if needed. So I wouldn't be surprised to see K-State put a spy on Duggan. I could see that being a job for Austin Moore. Absolutely. He's done a lot of great things. That definitely would be something to keep an eye on if you're looking at that K-State defense and seeing how they defend Duggan. I want to talk about this offense now because there's been a lot made about uh, the, the offense, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they have not been able to move the ball down the field with, uh, with big plays, I guess you can say. Now, right. now the, the one caveat is, hey, uh, you have – one touchdown to Phillip Brooks that seemed like that was a pretty big play, and then you have another should have been touchdown to, Phillip, to Malik Knowles that was a pretty big play mm-hmm. against Iowa State. But other than that, I mean, there really hasn't been those long passing plays. And quite honestly, I'm not sure you're going to see that against this TCU defense because I don't know how good they are, but I do know that they give up a lot of points. Yeah. Um, they are still figuring out each other, and, and, and I say that because – New head, new head coach, new coaching staff, and they've been in the system for so long. A lot of the guys are returning starters. Some of the guys are new starters. And when you get a new coaching staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball, it takes a while to to become cohesive and to communicate and make checks off. So there are going to be a lot of mental errors that has plagued them throughout the season. Now, with K-State having a bye week, who knows what they put in? 
You know, you don't know. And a lot of times we're healthy now. And and with Coach Kleiman, kind of like Coach Snyder, they didn't disclose a lot of injuries. So we don't know how well a guy was playing. Was a guy injured or was a guy just not playing well? We don't know. And I, I feel like K-State will come with what we've been doing all year with a few wrinkles also included that TCU is not ready for. So that works to our advantage as well. But I like our chances. I don't believe Deuce Vaughn has scored a touchdown since Texas Tech. Now, maybe even before even then. Even before then, yeah. Yeah, so I, I look as if this is a game. He had 23 yards against Iowa State. Right. We talked to him on Tuesday, and he said, I remember my freshman season, I had 22 yards against Oklahoma State. I came back and rushed for, like, over 130 yards. This is going to be a Deuce Vaughn game. Yeah. They're going to key on Adrian Martinez because of what he can do, not only through the air, but also on the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just feel like this is a game where Deuce Vaughn reminds everybody, hey, I was a preseason All-American. Right. I'm pretty dang good, too. Yeah, and keep in mind, too, K-State has a lot of ties to the state of Texas, especially the DFW area. And where is Deuce from? The Dallas area. Mm-hmm. And you know he's going to have a crap ton of fans there, family members. And if he tells me that he's not motivated to show out even more so than he normally does, I wouldn't believe it. So I can see him going off, having a heck of a day. And I, I know our players are going to do – they play hard for him anyway. They're going to play even harder to get him his numbers, to get him his touches, and to get him more touchdowns. And I think it's going to be a great night for him. There's uh, uh, that I can think of off the top of my head four Texas guys on the K State offense. You got KT Leviston at left tackle, mm-hmm. Christian Duffy at right tackle, Deuce Vaughn, obviously, and then Malik Knowles is also from Texas. Absolutely. I mean, when you have a third of those guys <laughs> going back and playing your home state on the defensive side, the number is close to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's going to be a chip on their shoulder. And for the sole fact, they can tell you that they don't pay attention to it. But being an underdog, (laughs) they they know. And this is going to be the most physical team that TCU has seen. Yeah. Whenever I look at good football teams, I look at teams who can hit you in the mouth. I don't think TCU has played anybody, both on the offensive and the defensive side, that will hit hit them in the mouth and dominate the line of scrimmage like this K-State team can do. The closest thing they came to was last week, Oklahoma State. And And they started out early and often hitting them in the mouth, hence they got the lead, and they relaxed. They took the the foot off the pedal um, and allowed TCU to climb back in. And if K-State comes out and hits them in the mouth and keeps that intensity throughout the game, we win it. And I think we can impose our will against TCU because they're a talented team. As far as four- and five-star players, guys that can run, TCU has always had football players that ran track or vice versa, guys that can fly on both sides of the ball. That hasn't changed. But I feel like the mentality, the toughness of K-State compared to TCUs, we outweigh that. And I think that's going to be the determining factor going into the game Saturday night while we win. Last thing I want to ask you before we get – we take a quick break and get to the second half. Um, this is the third straight road night game for K-State. Oof, I know, man. It's, it's just crazy to think <laughs> about that. As a player, what was your favorite thing about night games? I loved it because you knew the environment was going to be electric no matter who you played, where you played, playing under the lights. It's just something about it. The part I didn't like, the travel, uh, depending on where you went. If it was a closer game, we would travel the same day. If it was a, a further away game, we would travel the night before. And then you spend so much time in a hotel room, mm-hmm. going over meetings, treatment, meals just trying to keep your mind um focus on the game that can be a deterrent and then getting back later that night from the game but night games are fun especially if you go on the road and beat somebody in their home in their home place it's something about it it's electric the highlights are better uh, the pads are popping it's on national tv and a lot of times most of the games have been played at uh, 11 or 2 30 or wherever it may be and there are a few games left in the evening and you're one of them mm-hmm. so more people are watching so that's that was a positive i think they'll be ready to go i think the folks 
focus will be there for this K-State team. But we will find out on Saturday when K-State travels down to Fort Worth to take on the Horned Frogs. That's going to do it for the first half. Make sure you're sticking around for the second half. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company, and we'll be right back after this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by the Club Special. Second half sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you're hitting subscribe. Make sure you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com and wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there. Um, let's talk about the Big 12 as a whole. We talked about K-State TCU. We'll wrap that game up, put a bow on it, make our predictions at the end of this segment. But I want to talk about the league as a whole because this thing is just unpredictable. It is. You know... <sighs> The last couple of weeks, we were talking about the bottom bottom of the league, top of the league. West Virginia was a, 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 a bottom dweller for a while. Then Iowa State, they kind of took their position. Then West Virginia gets a big win. And then Baylor, who we expected to be good at the beginning of the year, was ranked pretty high, and they have disappointed tremendously, which I'm okay with, especially with a case they yet to play them. But it's, it's wide open. You know, um, the usual suspects going into the preseason, Texas, Oklahoma were ranked high, and they have disappointed – well, not for us, but yeah. – they have disappointed everybody's uh, expectation nationally outside of the Big 12. It's wide open, man. It, and honestly, every game, and Chris Clemens talked about this, but every game is a single game is a single season. Yeah. He says we have 12 one-game single seasons, yeah. and that's how you have to look at it yeah. for every team in this conference. Yeah. Anybody can beat anybody. I firmly believe that. I mean, TCU's at the top of the standings right now, and, and nobody thought that they would be 6-0 and and number 8 in the country. I know I certainly didn't think that. I didn't know if they were even going to be bowl eligible, but here they are, undefeated. Um, our expectations for K-State were pretty high, and I think coming into this game, I had them at 5-1 and one, right. um, at, before the season started, so I don't think many people around this program are that surprised. But K-State might be about the only team that's right along the lines of expectations. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this. Which team has been the best consistent team? Oh, that's a good question. And, you know, I I want to lead towards K-State, but that seems like the obvious answer. But outside of K-State. Because my answer is Oklahoma State. I agree. Up until last week, yeah. Oklahoma State, absolutely. And, and even the absolutely. fact that they take a two-touchdown lead and have one bad quarter and lose a game, right. they could very easily be undefeated and yeah. potentially a top-five team maybe yes. Yes. at this point. I think Oklahoma State, quite honestly, is they're, they're, if there's a, a, a tier, a major tier, if K-State, for, let's just say this, if K-State beats TCU on Saturday, they're in the top tier. Yes. I think Oklahoma State is in that top tier too, and maybe TCU, depending upon how they finish the season. But those three teams are the teams yeah. that I look at as these are the teams that should be able to take care of business and beat teams the rest of the way. I want to talk about Texas because 
I think that a lot of people, you're either really high on Texas <laughs> or you're really low on Texas. And and maybe I'm the more of the low on Texas. Right. I just see that loss of Texas Tech, and I, I just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they choked that game away. Right. And if you want to look at the Alabama game, that's fine. Yeah. But they still lost that game. Yeah. They have two losses. They do. And Texas is one of those teams where – they get in their own way. You know, they have so much talent, but yet they never seem to um, build up to the expectations that are put upon them locally uh, in the Big 12 and nationally by the media. But Texas is one of those – they're a middle-tier team. And the reason I say that, they shouldn't have lost to Tech. Absolutely shouldn't have. And like I said, the Alabama game, the first game of the season, it's a, it's a coin flip. You don't know what team is going to show up. But then they go out, and, and I'm not saying Oklahoma is good by any stretch of the imagination, but they go out and just whoop – Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then Oklahoma turns around to beat an uh, up-and-coming KU team who, yes, were, were without their starting quarterback, but their backup quarterback had been doing a pretty good job. So that Texas win against Oklahoma has to be valued at some point. But I, they still don't scare me. But the thing about Texas, they got the starting quarterback back. Yes. They're getting healthy, and B. John Robinson is still a, a, a dude. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what any team in the Big 12 would love to have him. And, I, and me as a K-State fan – I think we'll beat him, but he scares me. He does. He, he he's a player. Me. He's a player. Yeah. I, w- I want to ask you about the surprise team because the obvious answer may not be so obvious. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, man, I don't know how you feel about this, but before that game against TCU, the answer is KU, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. KU is the obvious team. But who is your biggest surprise? TCU. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and there was a team that wasn't talked about a whole lot. Iowa State was talked about because of Matt Campbell and the culture that he's built up in Ames. Texas and OU is Texas and OU. K-State is K-State because we've been – we've never been low. We've never been too high, but we've always been in the mix because anybody who knows, you come to the Little Apple, you're going to have a fight on your hands, and most likely you're going to walk away with a loss or you're going to walk away with a win, and it's going to be a hard-fought win. But, yeah, absolutely, TCU, new coach. You know, Gary Patterson had been there for how many years? Mm-hmm. Several years, uh, you know, and it's in Fort Worth. Fort Worth's not the biggest market in the media area, if not the smallest mm-hmm. compared to other places, especially in Texas. And TCU didn't get a whole lot of love. You know, you had a, a new quarterback a transfer, and they would they had no identity. And all of a sudden, boom, they're undefeated in the top 10 and number eight nationally. And right now, tied for first place in the Big 12 with us. Yeah, they're, they're my surprise team as well. And honestly, I don't even know if I would put KU second. No. Um, I, I don't. I, I might I might put um, K-State second yeah. just because, That's fair. you know, I mean, That's fair. starting the gate 3-0, and that's impressive. Yeah. It, it really is in this conference. And if I really want to go to surprise and take it from the other way around as far as expectations go, Oklahoma yeah. being where they are, Oof. I mean, yeah. I don't think very many people saw that coming either. So no. it's this just tells you how amazing this conference is because it anybody is. can beat anybody. It wouldn't shock you if Oklahoma came out and ran the table. Now, I don't think they're as talented as they have been in the past. No. But – They're getting better, yeah. If you look at their schedule, they yeah. have a pretty manageable schedule the rest of the way. So it'll be fascinating. Um, I want to ask you about Coach of the Year. Okay. Because, again, just because a team is a surprise doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that they, sh- they should have their coach of the year. I, I want to know who you think because I-, I know my answer. Even even up to this point, and, and I got to, I, met, I met him personally, and it's one of those things where I was impressed with him. I, I saw a couple of the practices and, and, and whatnot, but uh, Coach Lipo at KU. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, that's our rival, but the job he's done with that culture there, he has some guys that can play. But you can – every coach has guys that can play. 
But KU is a basketball culture. Say what you want to say. And their fans will say, oh, we have tradition for but No, you don't. I'm sorry. And it's not a knock on them. But as it's a true. recent yeah. time, you don't. And, and it's, it's easy to, to get on when they're doing well. But the fact that, yeah, they lost two games in a row. But both of those games have been competitive games. And he still has those kids believing in themselves. And I think moving forward, no matter who they play, it's going to be a battle. Now, will they win another game? Probably not. And that's just how I feel about it because they're banged up and the back end of the schedule is pretty tough. Yeah. But for him to do what he did in Lawrence, Kansas, he's my guy. If they can win one more game and get to bowl eligibility, yeah. he's got to win coach of the year. Yeah, absolutely. He has to. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if K-State goes 11-1 and one yep. and, play, and wins the Big 12 championship. Yep. you got to give it to Lance Leipold. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just how it is. I think if you would have said, hey, what is more likely, K-State wins the Big 12 championship or KU goes to a bowl game, <laughs> people would say K-State K- yeah. winning the Big 12 championship <laughs> is more likely. So just by default, I feel like he is the midseason and uh, coach of the year, uh, player of the year. Um, mm. I, I think this is a tough one because there's been so many good players. But right now, is it Quentin Johnston? Ooh. I, I, to me, as an offensive player of the year, it's got to be him. I mean, you could make the claim for Adrian Martinez, too. Yeah. He's like, what, number four or five on the Heisman odds right now? Yeah. I think it would come down to one of those two, especially if Adrian can get the ball moving and and you know they can start to throw the ball down the field he would be that other guy but i think those two guys because right their now, teams are at the top of the, yeah. of the standings would be the favorites right now i would say yeah and and i think um martinez is in, in a better position to win it moving forward because he is a quarterback and his position uh commands more of a spotlight because when you mess up everybody knows it and when you shine everybody knows it but right now there's two to be a tie um Prior to injury, the uh, the quarterback from Kansas, um, Jalen Daniels, yeah. he 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 would have been right there with him, you know. But unfortunately, his uh his season was cut short temporarily, as far as we understand right now. But right, I'm with you on those two. And I think defensive player of the year is so hard because you <laughs> so really good. you really don't you really don't know until the end yeah. of the season. Yeah. But I look for Felix to go on a run in the second half. We talked to to Chris Kleiman and Joe Klanerman, and they said mm-hmm. he's just now starting to get healthy, which is scary yeah. because he has like five and a half sacks. Yeah, I mean five and a half sacks in six games might not seem like a lot compared to what he did last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Felix is going to have a four sack performance like he did, really a six sacks. You know they had to take two away last year against TCU, but. Yeah. He's going to go on a run. And if at the end of the year, if K-State's where they want to be, he'll be Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, absolutely. And I, w- I want him to get it, and that's just me being selfish. Me being a DB, normally I want a DB to get it, but I want him to get it because I feel like just the person that he is, the player that he is, uh, King Felix, King Felix, you got to love him. But, and only the, me being also selfish – I don't want him to get it because I feel like if he gets it, he's going to make a jump to the NFL true. and we'll lose him early. <laughs> and I can't get mad at the guy. Go get that money, man. But it's one of those things where I want him to stick around as long as possible, but he is a special talent, man. He is. He is. So let's wrap up this K-State and TCU game, and then we'll get out of here with some picks. Um, I want to ask you about your keys to the game. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but if there's one thing K-State can do on the offensive side and one thing they can do on the defensive side, what would those things be? We need to get hit defensive-wise. We don't need to shut down anybody, but we need to get hits on Duggan often and early. Clean hits, you know. Even if he gets the ball away and it's a step away, hit him. Because mm-hmm. history will tell if you hit him early and often, if his first – uh, target's not open, he's pulling in and running it. And that puts us in an advantage because he's not going through his progression. So if we get to him early and often and put pressure on him, the other guys don't matter because he's running. Mm-hmm. And we have the speed on the back end to run him down. That's the key defensive-wise. Offensive-wise, 
control the line of scrimmage. Like you said before, TCU gives up a ton of points. And if K-State's confidence gets rolling early, you get Adrian going, you get Deuce going, and then those guys are going to bring Malik into the fold, and then the fullbacks, I mean tight ends, I'm sorry, and then uh, Warner as well, we can pass it around. So control the line of scrimmage, get the run game going first, and then the passing game. And for me, uh, offensively, I'm with you. This offensive line has a chance to be dominant yeah. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think for those big guys, a week of rest does yes. a lot. <laughs> it, does. it does a lot. They're in their banging heads every single day at practice. They get a week off from that. They get a chance to refocus. And honestly, they get a chance to go up against a 3-3-5 defense that they see the same pictures every day in practice, mm-hmm. which I think is big. So, yeah, I think they have to be able to run the ball. I said I said Deuce Vaughn's going to have a big game. I think he will. Yeah. I think Deuce Vaughn rushes for 150 yards um, and, and multiple touchdowns. I think this is the game where he just reminds everybody that he is here. He is him. Um, that is going to happen with Deuce Vaughn. I have no doubt about it. So get the ball and run it, I think, yeah. is, is the number one thing I want this team to do. Will the passing game be there? Sure. Open up play action, I think, would be the second thing. Defensively, I'm with you. Just find a way to slow down those receivers. Yeah. If it's press them, if it's mix-up coverages, if it's jam them. If you have to get, if you get an illegal hands to the face penalty, so what? For a, it's five yards. You know what? That's better than than getting beat and giving up a touchdown. Absolutely. Find a way to minimize the big plays. Get in those receivers' face, and they're going to have success on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I like our chances. We match up well with TCU. Uh, like you said, their their receivers are tall, but we have tall, lengthy uh, corners as well and safeties that like to hit. And and one thing about tall receivers, they, they want to stay on the outside. They don't want to come across the middle. And if we force them to the middle and, sh- middle, excuse me, and shuffle everything in where our hard-hitting safeties are, they're going to think twice about coming to the middle. And, and then coaches say they got gator arms. You hit them enough, the arms going to shorten. They're not going to want to make those catches. So let's see what we can do. It'll be fun to watch for sure. Let's get into our predictions. We were kind of right. I guess we didn't make any predict. We made the prediction for the TCU Oklahoma State game. Right. Um, but you were right. You picked TCU to win I, that game. I did. And I picked Oklahoma State. It was a good game. Um, so well, we're kind of half right. That was the first time that's <laughs> happened all year. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into this game though. Um, I'll let you go first. Um, I'm, I'm I'm picking the Cats. Obviously, I kind of set that up throughout the segment. Um, final score: thirty-eight twenty-four. I think K State, if they get to thirty points, yeah. they're going to win. Yeah, um, I, I think I think it'll be a good game. I don't understand why TCU is favored by three and a half. Somebody I saw a stat earlier that said most of the money is on K State, but most of the bets are on TCU. Yeah. So that tells me that the smart people are picking K State. I'm going to follow the smart people. Right. I'm going to pick K State to win. I'll pick them to win thirty-one to twenty-seven. Okay. Um, I do think it'll be a close game, but I think that the offense wears down the TCU defense, and eventually they'll come out of Fort Worth with a win. I agree, and and I think uh, and remember I said this. If you remember, go back to the Oklahoma game. TCU defense likes to play fast, like Oklahoma defense, and when you fly to the ball, the the the, the RPO and the option game comes into effect, and because it takes all one, all it takes is one guy to be out of place, and it can hit up the crease and I see that happening a couple times come Saturday night there you go Monty Spiller is a genius mark it down <laughs> RPO speed option coming at you Colin Klein I hope you're listening that'll do it that'll do it for us at the Friday walkthrough I'm Cole Carmody that's Monty Spiller thanks everybody for listening make sure you're getting in and checking out the club special in Cape Cod from the part time beverage make sure you're hitting subscribe on YouTube and subscribing to the website as well we will talk to you next Friday